on cooter. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And I'm yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. No, I agree, and this is why I want to kind of hit on these banking questions. Because um, I want people to understand, if you're listening, I want you guys to understand that uh, a, a bank oh, is... Oh, are you recording already? Come on, Tarek, of course. Okay, my bad. I'll just stop typing, so I apologize, guests. I was piping quite aggressively for record time. Just obnoxious, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Obnoxious. <laughs> obnoxious. This is the type of typing Maddie has to put up with when you guys aren't listening. Oh, I tell you, it's the worst. That's why I try and hit record immediately. Um, uh, no, I just want people to know that like the bank is there for you, but typically people just have no concept of all the services that are available to them through a bank. <coughs> and since you work at one, Tarek, I figured you know it might be best if we almost developed a bit of a series where. We focus a little bit on financial and banking type subjects where you can kind of um, educate people on some of the opportunities that, you know, exist at their current slash local bank as well as, you know, maybe on a grander scale. I don't know, um, because I know that, like, we've had conversations, you and I, about almost like online banks. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say one of them was called, oh, dang it, I can't even remember it. Uh, we were discussing EQ like, Bank, Tangerine. There we, we go, got a Tangerine. Here in Canada. I thought that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. So, anyways, um, you know, we we can get a little more educated with this stuff, and and so we definitely want to dive into these things. But before we get there, Tarek, we got to get some politics out of the way. Okay. Okay. This has been festering on my mind for a little bit, and since you're a black guy. Okay. You know where this is going, I assume? I have no clue what you're talking about. I know we're late to the party, folks, if you're listening <laughs> to this, but the homie Justin Trudeau, who we've always said we were kind of fans of, and he's always welcome on the podcast. The homie Justin Trudeau. The homie Justin Trudeau. <laughs> However, uh, he's still welcome recently... on the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never said he wasn't. Just okay. Saying. He's recently fallen from grace, for reals, Re- though. Yeah. Recently gotten himself into a little bit of hot water obviously you know i've it's actually kind of funny because some of the like these podcasts i listen to that are based out of the united states have even touched on this and they're like why is this coming out now he's been in power for four years or whatever and it's like well clearly they don't understand election elections time. coming up yeah. and so it's kind of go. it's kind of a power move by you know conservatives or ndp ah. or whoever did this because it's like you got to try and rattle the foundation of the liberals a little bit, right? Like you got to do something to get them a little shaky. So yeah. I I must say like it was it was well timed, it was well played. And I suppose uh, like it's not a move I maybe would have pulled. I got a little more integrity, but <laughs> most politicians don't. No, they do not. So I mean, me, you're a black you, guy. You go ahead. Are you are you black? Are you brown? I don't know what ethnicity we would call you. Yeah, I suppose I'm a little bit of both, eh? Yeah. A little bit of both, so I get to speak to both sides of this. Yeah, because with, uh, people are saying for the brown entire, face, For know? my entire race, for all people who look like me, I will now speak. <laughs> um, yeah, for those who don't know, Justin Trudeau, who is our progressive leader of Canada, and he's like Mr. Progressive right now. The world took a turn four years ago. 
whether you think it's for the best or for the worst, towards less progressive leaders, if you call it that. You know, we have Donald Trump. We have, um, I think, we saw it sort of seeing that popular, that popular, less progressive or more right-leaning stuff getting crack traction in in Europe. And Justin Trudeau is Mr. Progressive, but then some pictures came out of him last week or two weeks ago in blackface or brownface for a costume party or some sort of party at school or something. He did it multiple times or something. I don't know. If I'm being honest, and I hate to make this seem like it's not a big deal, but it's like, you know, blackface is a bad thing. Uh, Brownface, nobody should do it. Um, But 20 years ago, it wasn't that weird. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying it was right 20 years ago, but it's kind of like, you know, he did it nearly 20 years ago. And then he made this big, heartfelt, unequivocal apology and, uh, you know, had this big uh, press conference. And it's like, it's over. Who cares, man? Like, you know, who cares if he, 20 years ago, he dressed up in blackface and then he apologized unequivocally for today. You know, it's like, this is a non-issue in my in my opinion. And I think I read, it was just a headline, so forgive me if I'm wrong, that uh, they did a, some quick polling over the weekend and... You know, people hadn't really changed, like, you know, it's like not like people are jumping ship from the Liberal Party or whatever it is. I really think, you know, the opposition parties are making a huge deal about it. Like, I hate to try and admire Jagmeet Singh's experience because he is a brown guy. And he's probably experienced some pretty heavy racism, especially being the leader of the uh, a political party in Canada. But it's like he's there crying because just Justin Trudeau was in brownface 20 years ago. And it's like, come on, man, that's not the fight. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's not what we're working towards. You know, and it's like, especially given Justin Trudeau's like record, he's just Mr. Progressive. Obviously, he regrets this. This is not something he wants and this is not something he's proud of. And he apologized for it. So why is it why is it like there's so many more interesting things to talk about? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And I guess I don't really know how I should feel about it. I think Like were you upset? No. I wouldn't say I'm upset, but I don't know that I would have any right to be upset either, you know? It's like the well, guys let's... who go into like feminist marches. It's like, come on, man. No, I mean that's about, fair. Bro? That's fair you know, though. Like it's it's you the have same women friends and you have you have people who are not it's like i only care about i only care about white issues i'm not saying i only care (laughs) about white issues i can only understand white issues i guess i don't know what it is to be a visible minority in the 21st century i don't know what it was like even for you growing up in calgary whether or not you faced racism racism um within your high school within your social groups outside of school whatever it might be you know we've talked about this a little bit how it was always the joke of you know, you were the black guy on the basketball team, so they assumed immediately that you were super athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you've ever they been correctly, of course, is what you meant. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, I'll give it to you on the volleyball court, okay? But okay. but not the basketball <laughs> court, sir. Uh, but uh. you know, ah, gosh, I don't know. I just don't think that I can speak to it because I've never had to like deal with that i it'd be like if you dressed up in white face for ha- a halloween or for some dress up sort of event well no that's a no no, no it's no no sorry it's not the same i'm not saying that i'm more stating that in that case i might be able to express how i feel about it 
But even I guess, in yeah. that case, I could care less because I don't see anything wrong with that. So, But I also can't speak to the other side of it, I guess. I don't know. This is my way of kind of wiggling out of how I feel about it. I think, come on, man, 2000, you probably should have had some common sense not to do it. But at the same time, was he trying to be know. offensive? I wouldn't have. I, I Don't get me wrong. I think it's terrible now. Yeah. I've, back then, like, I was even talking to some friends and they were like, like we had, um, we didn't even call them Chris or ha- Halloween parties. We called them harvest parties because we went to a Bible college where people dressed up as uh, cowboys and Indians is the language that was used back then. And it's like, right. now you look back and you're like, oh yeah, that was totally something you could do as a kid and stuff. But now it's like, you shouldn't because it's just making fun of uh, indigenous people. And we know that. And it's just like to apply that retroactively, it just isn't, you know what I mean? Like, yep. And it's, even if you were trying to, he apologized profusely. It's just not an issue. Yeah. You know? It's like, what more do you want from him? No, totally. <laughs> totally. No, I get that. And But, to be fair, sorry to interrupt you, Maddie. No, that's fine. To be fair, if it was uh, Andrew Shear, the media would have crucified him because he would have been Ooh, a right-leading baby. politician. And to be fair, they're treating Justin Trudeau the exact same way. So at least we can say there was no <laughs> hypocrisy there. Yeah. The only thing I will say about this, which I find funny, is that it was actually found in a yearbook, this photo, from yeah, when he so was, was a available. teacher. So here's my thought. This guy is one of the most, well, he's probably the most highly publicized person in Canada. Mm-hmm. And yet in the last four and a half years, no one found this photo? Like, well, that's the on. thing. Or, or for the first election. I mean, I think it was um, maybe too because he sort of set himself up as this Mr. Progressive. Yeah. Like, he is the number one feminist. He is, uh, diversity is our strength in Canada and a yeah. lot of nice jargons or whatever. Um, and so I think people just wanted to, they just want to see the hypocrisy of it. You know, like, oh, right. look at Mr. Progressive now, right? And so it plays a little bit better. And I'm sure people had this and they were just saving it for like, okay, when is it the best time to release these photos so that, you know, when we go vote, and it's just like a couple weeks from now, isn't it? Uh, Um, Yeah, less than a month. We still remember it. Yeah, we still remember it. So, Yep. Okay. Fair enough. Glad we had that take. Um, Hot take, number one. Hot take. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, also want to give a quick shout out to the logging community of all of BC who are kind of in a bit of a pickle tea. I don't know if you know this about uh, BC economics, I guess. But we're in a bit of a struggle. And I shouldn't say we because okay. I don't live there anymore. But uh, this NDP government, I I don't know what they're thinking. So Me neither, man. Trying to mess Alberta up. Now they're trying to mess these loggers up or what? Oh, man. Well, they went ahead and... and um, bumped up stumpage rates which is for those that don't know stumpage is this kind of fee that you pay for every tree that you cut oh, it's like a royalty on the resource yeah especially when it's crown land so basically the liberal government before the ndp had it i believe they brought it all the way down into the mid 30s per cubic meter okay the NDP has come in and in the last two years has brought it up to over $200 per cubic meter. Oh, my goodness. Now, so, are they just doing that to try and... Are they trying to curb yeah. forced deforestation? Or are they just doing that for the income? Well, I think it's a bit of both. 
The problem is, is that there's a lot of people within central and even northern and, well, really southern BC. Like, all of BC is affected. We're a very forestry-driven province. And it's really affected people to the point where there is now a truck rally headed down to Vancouver to, I don't know, not disrupt a meeting that John Horgan is having with some higher-ups. But they're definitely, like, protesting where all these guys are going to drive logging trucks down there. Good for them. And take it down. I don't really understand this issue as well as you sound too, but that's, you know, I just think it upsets me. I think it upsets me more because, I mean, it's just close to home, right? Like, I come from Williams Lake, which is very reliant on the logging industry. And so, you know, it's a lot of my family, both my parents, uh, or not a lot of my family, a lot of my friends, sorry. Both my parents are involved in the logging industry. And so this has been kind of economically difficult on on the majority of towns like that, as well as a lot of smaller surrounding communities where mills have had to even shut down because they're just, there's no way they can operate. They can't operate for a gain. So they're like, well, yeah, got to shut her down, which really sucks. You know, a lot of these people, I'm are with affected, you. including it, friend of the show, lumberjack, Chad. Well, it makes sense. Chad. He's a lumberjack. Yep. Now he's just Chad. Unfortunately, thanks to John Horgan. Nope. Chad's still working, but he's Good. just, you know, so he's still lumberjack Chad. If, you know, and it, like I said, I don't understand the, the the full gamut of this issue. Whether we have a logging problem in BC, whether because I understand what I understand is you actually replant the trees, and there's like a certain yep. amount you can cut where you're not actually deforesting. I don't understand how it all works in terms of how much you should cut. What I do understand is that this compares to our situation in Alberta and the same government trying to really fight our resources getting to the coast there. Um, and it's just frustrating because it's this weird supply side environmentalism or activism, I find, right? So, you know, an environmentalist would say, well, we look at it from all sides, but it's like, no, we vilify logging companies, oil and gas companies, and we put them on the chopping block when it's like you and I are the ones who are continuing to increase the demand for these products. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, why don't we look at the demand side as rigorously as we look at the supply side? And why don't we vilify the demand side as rigorously? And in some ways we have, but it's like, that's the thing that bothers me. It's like, okay, I don't know how we build a stick built single family home without wood. So maybe let's really look at reasonable ways to log, not shut down. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I don't have a reasonable way for me to (laughs) fly in this country to drive you know, long distances, it's a big country. It's not possible. So we need to look at reasonable ways and effective and well-regulated ways to, to develop those resources. I don't feel like riding a horse again. Yeah. Okay? And so that's the thing. Now, I'm not saying these companies don't do bad things. They need to be heavily regulated and we need to have controls in place to make sure they're not abusing the land and, and things are done right. But the fact is we have to develop these resources. So let's find responsible ways to do it. Yeah. Dude, imagine life without cars and you have to instead of going to like a car dealership it's just like a wagon dealership oh man (laughs) (laughs) could you imagine that sounds i'm just trying to think of what that sales pitch would be like then you're like my wagon wheels all busted up i don't know what what i'm gonna do and you know there'd be the guys who are still trying to put nice rims on their wagon you know yeah man like splinging up their wagon wheels and <laughs> can i get a chrome can i get a light bar on the front of this thing 
What you got for my spokes? I want to really fancy up my spokes. <laughs> oh, You're going to want it made out of I'll like cherry or oak. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Anyways, so shout out to the people in BC who are struggling, and I hope that things get better. Um, I don't know. I feel like people probably don't like to listen to our political takes, but I did see an injunction took place for BC. BC's really trying to fight... Uh, Mr. Jason Kenny on the uh, the whole turn off they the taps are. legislation, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was in their best interest that we don't do that as Albertans. But yeah, I saw they won an injunction. So for those who don't know, uh, BC, like we just mentioned, is really fighting a new pipeline from Alberta to the coast. And as part of that fight, Alberta recently, uh, a couple months ago, approved legislation that would let us turn off the taps so to speak so cut oil shipments to the lower mainland yep basically and, and it would be punitive it would be just to be like okay you guys don't want our oil and gas going through your province so we're gonna cut all oil and gas going through your province which would be devastating to the lower mainland and, and to most mo- much of bc absolutely devastating <laughs> and it would it would definitely suck for a lot of my friends and family and i i don't wish it upon you but at the same time i kind of want to turn it off for a little bit oh that would be so mean it would, uh, and the fact is the majority of people in BC, I think, are, are pro-pipeline. And so it would probably be needlessly punitive. Um, you, know, you know what I kind of want? I just kind of want like a good old fashioned, like millions of people with their torches or, you know, cell phone cameras or flashlights outside the parliament buildings, you know, rioting and, well, maybe not rioting, protesting uh, some of this crap. Yeah, you know, to I mean, to stop this government from doing making such like, how how do you make this many bad decisions in resource heavy provinces? Yeah, I, this is what I don't get. I feel like what's the gentleman who is the leader of the NDP? Jagmeet Jagmeet Singh. That guy has got to be shaking his head, going, "Well, we've lost BC. Alberta is definitely not voting for us." Nope. Like. They weren't getting much in Alberta anyway, so My that's goodness. the thing that's tough. It's like, you know, Jagmeet Singh could, you know, I don't know what he could do, but he's just not getting votes in Alberta. If I'm Jagmeet Singh, <laughs> I am for sure calling all of these guys and saying, smarten up if you want us to be running this show federally, which, based on how they do things provincially, I would never it's encourage an NDP federal government because who knows what they'd do at that point. And that does point to something that's pretty interesting, I find, as an Alberta, and I apologize if you don't care about politics or Canadian politics. That's funny. I feel like Justin Trudeau, don't get me wrong, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, but I feel like he gets a bad rap, particularly in Alberta. Here's a guy who spent considerable political capital, who really put a stain on his progressive track record by buying an oil and gas pipeline in originating in Alberta, to the coast, the one we were talking about, and he will never get more votes in Alberta. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's true. He burned so much credibility on that. Like, did you? He he has a special on um, Netflix. His son Minhaj interviews him and really yeah. rakes him over the coals for that pipeline. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I almost feel bad for the guy because it's like in, in Alberta we're still like, screw you, bro, we're not voting for you. <laughs> <laughs> he was really trying to do some like good things. Well. Uh. It, I think there was obviously some, like... He has some bills that I feel like really target unfairly the industry as well that I won't get into because it's just getting too deep. But it's like, 
to say he completely it's it's like almost a conspiracy theory to be like Justin Trudeau doesn't want Alberta oil and gas to succeed and it's kind of like I get some of those bills that he's done that aren't great but it's like yo he spent four and a half billion dollars on a pipeline and cost himself some serious credibility to do it oh man (laughs) it's kind of funny right and although I don't think he's going to get another term unfortunately Mm -hmm. I just I don't know that our op- our other options are that much better. Ah, I'm life. with you, right? That's there aren't the frustrating any great part. <laughs> we were it's... talking about that in the group chat, I guess, but yeah. I just feel like our options are incredibly limited and I should run. You should run. We Dude, should run. Here's the thing. I Talk shoot my me. mouth off way too much. Could you imagine if I was a political leader? Dude, yeah, one. Well, I mean, it works. Donald Trump, he's in. He shoots one, his mouth off all the time. I feel like I would get things done. Let's be real. Because I would just like, I feel like it just break things down to the most basic thing. I'm not going to, you know, blow smoke up anyone's rear end with, you know. And people dance around too much with with their conversation points and stuff. But it's like, let's just get to the brass tacks. Let's talk about what needs to be talked about. Let's get some stuff passed and let's get moving on in different areas. But I don't know. I just think... yeah. I think politicians like being career politicians because it's just like this cushy lifestyle. You yeah, know, it is. Well, those I guys mean, haven't that's... had to work hard for a day in their life know. where I feel it's like, like it's one of those things though <clears throat> but where you can literally work. do dev do anything right. You could no. you could cure cancer tomorrow and they'd be like Justin Trudeau hates people with Alzheimer's or something. You right. know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's that's just fair. Like, yeah, I you know you see it like look at presidents. I could see it in Justin Trudeau a little bit too. Like the day they start and the day they end, and they look so old. <laughs> you know, it's like twenty years for a ten-year term or an eight-year term. Being a political leader of a democratic state will always wear on you hard. Like the probably the most eye-opening one was when you see the Obama photo from when he first took office to when he got out. Yeah, it's like, he looked like damn, it was bro, 20 you, years. You're tired, man. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you look at like Bill Clinton when he first got into office and what he looks like now, that guy is just a well, bag his experience of bones. was made much more difficult because of his own actions. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially near the end, man. He could just hold off yeah, to 1998. He added right? some extra stress there on top of his stress. <laughs> Couldn't keep yeah. his hands off the intern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyways... I don't know. I just think, yeah, politics are weird. And in Canada, we're mounting up to a pretty big election. I think it's going to hopefully be a good election. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see how Canada feels come October 21st, you know? So Yeah, I think it was. Anyways, okay, one other thing before we dive into the topic of the day. Hey. Dude. Over the weekend, I went to our alma mater. Yes. The great Prairie, Prairie College. College. Shout out to Prairie. I went and watched a basketball game, Tarek. With... Yo, I watched, I, I followed the Instagram account. It looked good. Oh my gosh. I have never, now listen, I coached basketball for more or less three years at this school. No, maybe four, maybe four. I have never seen such a product on this floor. Yeah, like looking at some of the clips on Instagram, like we were looking good, throwing down on some 
there fast is break a opportunities. Guy, yeah, the guy who kept dunking has the body of like LeBron James slash Zion Williamson, except just shorter. Oh, cool. The dude is just shredded. It's uh yeah, and then we got this other guy who he's got to be like six eight six nine. He's a center, but he's real scrawny. But he's <laughs> incredibly good. That's and, awesome. Oh, we have so Prairie's actually good. Are we playing? Are we playing in the ACAC this year, or is it just dude, an exhibition game? It's just exhibition games with ACAC teams, from what I've understood. Because we're we got to earn our spot. Accepted, yeah. However, here's the thing. So we got guys from Kansas. We got guys from ah. Uh... We got guys from Australia. We got guys from Washington. And then we got guys from, like, I think Alberta and stuff, too. Those guys didn't play, needless to say. <laughs> there That's was why one we're dude, not in the ACAC. There was one dude, number, uh, was he number nine? I think he was number nine. Rocking a solid pair of glasses on the bench. I was really rooting that he was going to get into the game. Didn't quite make it, unfortunately. So, shout out to that guy. I was really hoping that he was going to put him in. But, uh, yeah. dude, that was it was incredible basketball. Prairie took it out right from the get-go. Wow, it looked like we just, won by quite a big margin, too. 109, like 80-something, I think it was. Did not give up uh, Did not give up the lead. Yeah, good for them. So, But, you know, to play in the big leagues, you got to have more Canadians. That's our, that's our issue. <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem for us. Won't lie. Yeah. But, Anyways, yep. So it'll uh... good for our alma mater. We can't spend too much time talking about it, though. That's pretty specific. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of true. Sorry, folks. I was just more excited because it was just uh, it was great to see basketball of that caliber on that court. It was awesome. Yeah, that's probably the best it's been in I don't know fifteen years, <laughs> like since the early two thousands, right? Yeah, most likely. Jeez. Most likely. Oh. Yeah. So, anyways. anyways, um, yeah, let's dive into it, T. Let's uh. Let's get chatting about uh, what we wanted to get into here. All right. What are we learning about? What do, you, what do you want to know? I'm an open book. All right. So this week, I really want to focus on mortgages. Obviously, everyone mortgage. knows a mortgage because you need a mortgage to buy a house. But, Tarek, could you give everyone a little breakdown as to what a mortgage actually is, what they can be used for outside of just a house, even though I don't know if there is stuff outside of a house. Um, and why the heck will a bank not let you pay off a mortgage at a faster rate than they choose? So anyways, Ooh, a couple I of will, good questions. Maddie. I'll let you start there and we'll, we'll progress there. Cause we'll there's obviously there. a Keep me on track things. if I get too distracted. For sure. Um, first of all, some nomenclature mortgage, a mortgage is what you, uh, it's a lien you register against real property. That's what a mortgage actually is. So it's like we go to the land titles office. We say XYZ Bank has a mortgage on this property, and it's really just a loan. You know, what, what generally, it's it's just a loan that's uh, quote-unquote secured by a mortgage on a property. Um, and, and because we have real property as collateral or security, you can lend or you can have the loan for a long time because property is good for a long time. So don't get too caught up on the words you can just call it a loan or you can call it a mortgage loan or you can just call it a mortgage but that's all it means um generally you know for your home you can 
um, we call it amortization. So that's how, how long the loan is. Um, you can do that for up to 30 years if you put 20% down. In Canada, you can put less than 20% down. Um, you have to get an insurance from the government or from a private company to do that. And then you can only uh, have the loan over 25 years, which increases your payment, but makes it a little bit less cash you have to take Hold out of your on. pocket to Time buy out. the property. I have to give up 20% of the total amount <clears throat> if I want 30 years and no insurance? Correct. Why does everyone always promote 10% then? Uh, well, I mean, it's better than, like, the minimum is five. I guess it's better than five. Yeah, that's, that's a bad know. choice. Five. Well, it's not a, five, not like... a big deal. It depends on how you view housing. It depends on what the purpose of the mortgage is or purpose of the purchase is. Um, so, yeah, 10%, you pay less in insurance. So the amount of insurance you pay is a percentage of the amount you're borrowing. And then there's tiered, right? So if you put 5% down, you pay a higher rate on top of the higher amount you're borrowing. And then if you put 10, you get a lower rate on top of the lower amount you're borrowing and so on and so forth, all the way down to 20. Um, and the insurance, ironically enough, is not for you. The insurance is for the bank. It's for the financial institution. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically saying to the financial institution, hey, I know these guys don't have tons of cash to put down, but we'll ensure that if they don't pay, you still get paid. And so if you default, they pay the bank back, not Ooh. you back. <laughs> well, I mean, those insurance companies got to be pretty smart then because. Yeah. And to be fair, one of them is a big crown corporation called Canadian Mortgage and Housing. And so that's how most Canadians actually, not, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of Canadians, maybe most, are able to afford a home is because you don't have to put 20% down. And so it's like the whole point of Canada Mortgage and Housing was to make it more affordable. You don't have to save up 20% because I don't know what the average house price is in Alberta or even like specific to our communities, but like. Let's say it's three hundred grand, and what is that? Sixty thousand dollars. That's a lot of cash to put to put down on a on a home. You know what I mean? And it just it helps you get in a little bit sooner, I guess. What else do you want to know? I forgot your list of questions. Um, okay, so after we've secured the mortgage, yeah, we got to pay it down. Now, I remember this kind of being a thing. Um, around 2008 when the financial crisis happening crisis sorry um but then also i've seen it in like movies and tv and stuff like that when people want to remortgage their house okay <clears throat> walk us through what remortgaging all entails and what that process typically looks like can you get the exact same amount out again do you have to pay off the initial mortgage before remortgaging Yada, 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 you know? Sure, 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 sure. Now, these are all dependent on some terms and conditions at whatever financial institution you're at. But generally, what a person means by remortgaging is you're just, you know, taking out another loan secured by that property. And so if in the future, so for example, my wife and I bought our house four years ago. Um, we've paid down our mortgage by however many payments that is. To remortgage, we could go back to our bank and say, hey, we have paid down our house by this amount. This amount, We have equity in our home. Can we remortgage? And they would uh, you know, give us another loan or rewrite the existing loan back up to the full amount to give us that cash um, out, of, out of the property. Um, now, that process, oftentimes when people are remortgaging is, and, and what you're referring to in the States is, so if I think my home value went up, I would get an appraisal 
It's like, okay, I bought my house. It was 250 I got an appraisal. Now it's 300 I would like to get some of that money out. I want to remortgage my house to a higher amount because now I can go back up to the 80% of the higher number. You know what I mean? Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. And so generally when you're remortgaging uh, and what was happening in 2008 was the housing prices were going up unnecessarily, like just ridiculous. People would remortgage. Now generally when you remortgage, a bank has to do a, a process where they see if you can afford the new payment in addition to your existing one or what if, if you keep the existing loan or whatever. And so, yeah, no requirement to pay out your existing financing to remortgage. So. Okay. Unless you can't afford both loans type of deal. You know what I mean? Right, right. Okay. So me and a mutual friend of ours uh, were discussing kind of the idea of, you know, he was telling me about how he envisioned kind of paying off his current home. Um, and then the idea was to buy a, another home um, to basically For start. income. Yeah, to start generating some property income. And he was kind of asking the process of this and whether or not after paying off you know property one would he then have to build up the 20 percent down payment for property two and so i was explaining to him that no you can use your house one as the down payment or collateral for the second one can you explain that idea because i'm sure there are property owners out there that use this i don't want to call gimmick but it just kind of this plan Absolutely. In order to secure more property. Absolutely. It happens constantly. Um, so, yeah, if you have a home that's free and clear, that means there's nothing you owe against it and it's not held um, as, as for a mortgage or something like that, you have what we would call equity. You have an asset, right? So for round numbers, let's say your home's worth $100,000. As I've mentioned, generally, you lend 80% if it's a residential property. So you can access... So your equity is really 100,000, that's the value, but you can really only borrow up to 80% of that. So 80 grand is what's available to you. So if uh, our friend wants to, you know, if his current home is free and clear and he wants to um, buy a revenue property for let's say 100 grand, we know the bank will lend him 80 based on the property being 100 grand, but he needs the $20,000 down payment from somewhere. They can lend them the full 100,000 as long as they can take an interest in his existing, his primary residence, his current property. And then his payment will be higher than if he put cash up because um, he's borrowing a hundred grand instead of 80. But yeah, absolutely. They can use the equity in his, in his current property to do that. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Well, I feel like we just covered mortgages for the common man. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, there's a lot of different things you can do with mortgages. I think the big thing is if people start to, you know, this, this fellow is trying to get into, um, income producing properties, revenue properties. And so then it becomes a little bit of a, a thing about managing liquidity. So that's the big thing that's tough with property, right? Because he has a home that's paid off, means he has an asset, he's got value, but it is not liquid. And he needs an intermediary, a financial institution to get that, that value out of it in a meaningful way or he sells it. Right? And oftentimes you don't want to sell the property because you think it'll go up in value or it sentimentally lives there. Um, and so... That's the thing. It's about managing liquidity because, you know, especially in a smaller town too, you know, they keep talking about recession and, and that can dry up really quick. Banks can all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but say, you know what, at this time we're not really doing this or that. And then your asset isn't able to really provide the freedom or flexibility that you wanted, you know? Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I guess I never thought about that. You're you're very right. Like liquidity is a very important thing, and I think people need to understand that. Uh, it's great if you have a bunch of assets, but assets like houses or equipment or especially depreciable assets, they can be a benefit to whatever income producing activity you're you're doing, whether it's business or property or whatever. But sometimes the banks don't care because guess what? Houses don't always move especially yep. in, in a recession or, yep. um, you know, you think about like a really nice vehicle you might own. Well, you know, everyone knows that, you know, cars lose their value real quick. Heck, exactly. <clears throat> based on government capital cost allowance rates, which if you really want to know what those are, we can get into them sometime, folks. But they, the government basically depreciates a vehicle at 30% per year. Yeah. So yeah, just, which isn't unreasonable for the first year or two, I think. But exactly. Yeah. But that goes to show that within you know five to seven year span, you know, your car isn't nearly as valuable anymore. Like it's it's darn near down to like the the book value is just about shot, unless of course you're buying a, a high end you know vehicle. But you know, just it's the reality, right? So it's like even if you have loans out against these kind of assets, like nobody really cares. That's why our, you know things like having cash and having um, cash is valuable. You know, marketable securities uh, like stocks um, yep. that are of course are trending liquid. upwards. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yes, um, but they're liquid. And I mean, it's uh, no, that's a good that's a good point, right? It's like. The other thing I'd like to say too, and this happens to me a lot in my line of work, is is equity, assets, um, you know, property, cars, equipment, whatever. They don't make loan payments. I don't care if you're worth a hundred million dollars if you earn ten thousand dollars a year, because your hundred million does not make loan payments. Don't get me wrong. There's some common sense there, and we'll say, well, sure, we'll do it if it's a hundred million. But you know what I mean. <laughs> a lot of people come in and say, wow, my house is worth. Four hundred thousand dollars, and you won't even lend me fifty. And it's like, listen, I don't want a bank. Does not want your house. Banks yeah. don't want your house. <laughs> they want you to make your loan payments and be done with it. That's exactly it's, it. It's, it's really hard to get across. Nobody, the financial institution, does not want to sell your property or sell your house. They want you to pay your loan, and that's why we consider income as well. That's right. The bank mm-hmm. does not care about how cool your house is. They're not about to have someone go and live in it. No, and then when they try to sell it, they lose tons of money because they're not good at it. <laughs> and they're also trying they to get their money back real quick. They're not looking to exactly. That's where estate sales and stuff like that happen, and it's just exactly. like let's get this exactly. cash in our pocket again. So. The only other thing I'd like to quickly mention, Maddie, if you have some more questions, is is I want to talk about the home equity line of credit. It's a very popular product, I think, across probably North America, maybe Europe as well, but certainly in Canada, it's the home equity line of credit or HELOC for short. Um, and what it is basically is, so let's say I have a house that's worth a hundred grand. I bought it. I've paid it down. I only owe $50,000 on it. The home equity line of credit is, um, basically I go to the financial institution. I say, Mr. Bank, my house is worth a hundred thousand. I only owe 80 on it, or I only owe 50 on it, but I know you'll lend me up to 80 on it. So can I set up a home equity line of credit? And it is this, so I just have a $50,000 mortgage owing, a loan, and then the 30 to get me up to 80 is just a line of credit. It revolves, it's just like a limit that I can go into and go out of as I see fit. Um, and then as I pay down my $50,000 mortgage, 
the limit on my home equity line of credit increases with it. So when I pay off my mortgage, I don't have any regular payments, but I can access the equity in my home through this line of credit anytime mm -hmm. I need to. I can just pull money off it or put money on. Now, the rules around home equity lines of credit have changed. I think the, only, the max you can do is 65% of that product because they became a little bit of a, well, the concern was a never-never plan, right? So people don't That's actually exactly. have to make loan payments on the home equity line of credit. You can just keep your balance at 100 or at 80 grand forever if you want it. And so they thought Canadians weren't getting ahead and they made it a little bit tougher. Um, but at any rate, that's a pretty popular product that I think people should know. And it, it's a good product if you can use it well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting, Tarek. I had no idea about that, actually. Mm. And I mean, the biggest thing people have to understand is, oh, when would I use that? And it's like, well, you use it when you need to take it out and you know you're going to make more money than what you're giving up in interest. Yeah, you know? exactly. So be exactly. smart, people. Interest will ruin your friggin' life if you don't pay attention to it. That's true. But the thing to remember, too, is borrowing against your home is oftentimes, if not always, the cheapest way to borrow. Because uh, right. people, when it comes down to it, the last thing people give up on is their home. Well, that's a good point. I guess I never thought about it that way. Yep. That's part of the reason why the risk is less. Is, I mean, if we think about it in a risky way, but it's like you'll you know, stop making car payments. You'll stop making payments, certainly on a rental property, but not your home. <laughs> right yeah you do kind of need a place to hang yeah, your head at night need you know? a place need a place to live yeah so. no that's fair that's fair i guess lay your head at night not hang your head i mean i suppose if you're that much of a degenerate with your payments you might be hanging your head as well but people come across hard times Maddie. come on now <laughs> <laughs> nope all degenerates Derek. all degenerates uh, <laughs> all right folks well that is that for you i hope you guys have learned something about mortgages if you want to go and buy a house, talk to Tarek. Not that I'm he's your gonna, guy. Not not that he's gonna be the one to approve you for a mortgage or anything. I mean, maybe it will not will, be me. Nope. But, oh no, I don't do that. Tarek doesn't do that whatsoever. <laughs> so, nope. uh, but yeah, if you have questions about mortgages, about taking out multiple mortgages, whatever it is, hit us up. Let us know what your thoughts are. Instagram, Facebook. Hit us up with an email. Even I check that email yeah, every absolutely. once in a while now. You know, if you have questions, if you're serious about your situation and are wanting to add to your um you know property portfolio let us know um not that i'll be much help but i'll gladly point you in the direction of Tarek, and uh we can do our best to, to help you out absolutely and the more complicated the better it'd be kind of interesting i think we'd have a good time with it and because we covered some basics and you know there's definitely more complicated situations that we can look at or you can be a little bit creative sometimes when it comes to financing if, you, if there's enough assets in the mix right so or yeah. here's the real wise idea go down to your bank set up an appointment with some sort of loan or mortgage officer because guess what they will meet with you for free they don't charge you to That's sit true. down and meet with them they are a resource that is underutilized you, when you go to the bank to either deposit money or withdraw it typically. Go in there, set up a meeting, go sit down with someone and tell them your dreams and hopes, and you better believe it, they're going to want to help you achieve them. So, mm -hmm. until Good then... Point. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Catch you guys next time.